We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to this edition of Realtree Rebels. I'm Chase Parham. Today we're going to talk with Tyler Jordan of Realtree. Obviously, Tyler has uh, been hunting elk in New Mexico and Wyoming. We talk about those things. Talk about, you know, even as he's getting a little older, the ability to spend time with his dad, what hunting in the outdoors means for uh, his family. We also talk a good bit of football. Ole Miss beating Arkansas. Tyler uh, discussing his, uh, his his experiences with the Rebels over the, over the uh, Razorbacks last Saturday. Obviously, Ole Miss had a bye week to, uh, here on this Saturday. But on that Saturday, over the Razorbacks, we talk about those things from a football standpoint and much more. One quick thing, we recorded this earlier in the week. At the time, the Atlanta Braves were not out of the baseball postseason. They are now, so just excuse us as we have a little bit of Braves bander. And uh, Tyler and I both very concerned for Atlanta at that point. So, uh you know, a little foreshadowing, but just ignore that. Is uh, again, we, we we recorded earlier. It got published a little later than we thought it was going to. So we have some Braves chatter that is uh, not necessarily timely, as the Phillies have eliminated the Braves from the postseason. So that and more coming up on this episode, an episode that's obviously brought to you by Realtree every week. Realtree.com. They got everything from great recipes. We put those on social media to all your outfitter needs. Go check out the clothing, the supplies, the coolers, the different things that are available there at Realtree.com. Make that a stop. Whenever you need something for the uh, hunting and outdoor activities in your life there with Realtree. And remember, all podcasts on MPW Digital brought to you by Twisted Tea. So we'll tell you a bit more about that in a little while. But let's get into it now. Here is this week's Realtree Rebels with Tyler Jordan. Tyler Jordan, good to catch up with us here uh, this week. It's been uh, it's been eventful from travel, Tyler. You're in Wyoming. You're in New Mexico. You were in Oxford for uh, some family business. And obviously the game against Arkansas was the Rebels knock off the Razorbacks. 27 to uh, 20 on Saturday. So we're going to get through a good bit of that, but uh, let's start with football. I guess, are you uh, are you rested? Are you a little tired still from all the, the, the traveling? I know you just got back today from uh, from Oxford and see you there back uh, back back at home in Georgia. How are you, uh, how you, how you holding up? How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. I mean, I, I'm kind of glad to be home for just a little bit. You know, it has been a long road trip. So I was in Wyoming and New Mexico for 10 days. I came home, spent the night in my bed one night, and then I left the very next afternoon for Oxford with my mom and my little sister. Uh, so, you know, we had a long drive throughout the night uh, to, to get to Oxford, but 
It was good. She actually had her official softball visit. She's committed to go play with Jamie and Ole Miss softball. So, you know, just really excited about that and, you know, kind of, you know, getting her future out there started. I think she's just really pumped to, you know, get out there and get underway. But, um, you know, that and the game obviously ended on a very good note. Uh, a typical Ole Miss Arkansas game, of course. Um, but, you know, we had a we had a great weekend and excited to be home just for a little bit. I'm going to try to hunt here this week and, you know, just kind of see what I have. I have another tag in Kansas. Uh, we'll kind of see what the weather does out there. But, you know, just uh, glad to be home for at least a week. So your sister's been committed for a while um, to, to Ole Miss for softball, as you said. What did that week entail from that standpoint? What goes into a softball official visit? Yeah, I mean, they keep them really busy, as you can imagine. I'm sure it's the same way with any sport. But, you know, I think we got we we got there at 2.30 in the morning on uh, Friday morning, uh, showed up to practice, softball practice. Uh, you know, they're, they're building the new softball stadium right now. Mm-hmm. So they went over there to MG Park and um, – the practice started at 8.30, went all the way to 11.30. You had lunch right after Q&A with the softball players, which was really informative and good. And um, afterwards, I think they, they did a tour of Gillum, which we saw last year on the unofficial visit. Um, and then, you know, you, you'd meet with the coaching staff. Um, then that night, went over to Jamie's house and had dinner over there, you know, getting to know more of the of the team and the players. Then the next morning, day of the Arkansas game, uh, we went bowling, which was which was a blast over there at Premier Lanes. Uh, and then everybody, I think they have like an hour, two hours to go get ready. And then Ole Miss softball has a has a tent at the end of the Walk of Champions. Obviously, the Walk of Champions has moved, you know, until next year. But they have they're in a great location. Um, you know, I think some of the other sports are you know right in and around each other, but. Uh, they keep them busy. I mean, it's definitely a you know fun weekend, and um, you know it's action packed. What kind of bowler are you? Uh not a great bowler, but I really, really enjoy it. I think like the best I've maybe ever scored is like a one seventy. Okay, which is you know, I mean, not 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 great, but I I really I like bowling. I and actually some of the football guys, whenever the I was out there in school, whenever premiere. Uh, it's Premier Lanes, right? Yeah, that's right. I think it is. Yeah. So whenever it opened, I was out there for the grand opening. <laughs> A lot of us went out there the very first day that it opened, but uh, not great, but loved to bowl. Do you bowl much? Do you actually get out and do it very often, or is it just kind of a random? Is that, is, is that a hobby that you do enjoy if the circumstance hits? Yeah, if the circumstance hits. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm just, we're always looking for opportunities to go bowl, but like sometimes if we're, you know, on a road trip somewhere, and we have some downtime. Uh, like I, I've done it in Denver a couple of times when, okay, uh, when uh, mule deer hunting out there, and and we and we bowled a couple of times. Like when we had a, a night in Denver before we flew out back home. So well, you know, I know a guy because you know the Vanderbilt bowling coach is an old Miss grad who I've had on the podcast. So if we need to get you some lessons. We need to get you hooked up. We can we can take care of that. They're the they're the best college bowling program in the country. So are they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt bowling is basically kind of like Vanderbilt baseball or Alabama football. Dang. Like they've they've won several national titles. Dang, Ole Miss guy walked onto the Ole Miss football team when he was a student here. Wow, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Well, I may have to take you up on that. <laughs> so I can impress. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> um, 
just in general, I mean, you know, it's a place that obviously your sister has been familiar with and whatnot her entire life. Was it always going to be Ole Miss? I mean, what was sort of that process like for her? Yeah, you know, I mean, this is where she wanted to be, obviously. I mean, she just, you know, like any of us, has grown up ever since since she was five, six years old, going to Ole Miss games, going out to Oxford. Um, you know, that's really where her heart was. But, you know, if if the opportunity worked out, great. But if she didn't, that was okay. Uh, you know, she had talked to a few other schools. I know like the College of Charleston. Um, she went out there and visited. Uh, she also visited Furman, you know, talked to some of their coaches. But I think whenever the Ole Miss offer, you know, kind of came up and she had her unofficial visit, I mean, it was kind of the, – the deal was sealed, you know, from there. And, you know, and, and Jamie's gone through a couple of coaching changes here in the last – in the last six, seven months. And, you know, even through that, I don't think Jamie has lost any of her, her – class any of that 24 class which i think just says a lot about her and the program she's built over there um and the assistant coaches that we got to meet for the first time this weekend i mean they're they're awesome really good so uh it's it's always been old mess so we're i know mom and dad are really happy you know along with the rest of us to have her out yeah. there you know just you see that other reason to go back of course, you know, but you say that she also has a lot of maturity about her, though. Like I said, kind of wants to carve her own path. You know, there's, there's an importance on being, you know, an individual, even with the name that she has. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she she definitely she's very driven. I'd probably say it. You know, I have a younger brother and 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 me. You know, we're the three kids of the family, but she she probably is the most like hell bent and determined out of anybody to kind of create her own legacy and, you know, make her own path, like you said. So, and she's done a really good job. I don't, I don't, you know, I told Jamie, um, you know, this morning when we left, you know, we had our, we had a 10 minute, 10 minute meeting with them. And I said, you will not have another girl on your team that outworks this one. And that is more determined to get better and always asking questions. And, um, you know, regardless of what her career looks like, looks like out there, that's all you can really ask for. Get in some football. What'd you think last night? Just in general, I mean, you go. You, it was so. It, it was. I mean, in, in different ways than you felt it. But them getting this win on Saturday and getting the bye week, where you have these two good weeks, you kind of have this good feeling of you got to the halfway point at five and one, and now there's sort of this extended honeymoon, if you will, prior to the Auburn game and the whole freeze dynamic that is going to come. But you know, it really felt like a hurdle that allows for a, a bit of a sigh of relief and kind of moving on to the next step a little bit last night. Yeah. And I listened to some of the post game last night too. You know, it was a little bit of a lethargic game. Like the, the game, honestly, I don't know why it reminded me of this, but it, it reminded me a little bit of the state game from last year. Um, it just seems like, seems like both teams were kind of, you know, battling and, you know, getting their way through the game. And, you know, even when Ole Miss kind of went down there at the end, um, you know, it never felt like they were really in that big a jeopardy of losing the game. So, uh, you know, pretty awesome for them to pull it out, especially, you know, after, after I think it, I think somebody told me, you, you probably know, like I think Arkansas has scored 92 points in the last couple of years on Ole Miss. And so that just proves just how nutty this game always is. And I, I think it's one of the most underrated rivalries, you know, that Ole Miss has. It, it just seems like you don't – you never know which way the game is going to go. But – um, yeah, you know, really happy to kind of see them get through the weekend and, you know, hopefully Jackson and Trey and, uh, you know, even if Quinshawn may be a little bit banged up too from last week. I mean, he had a hell of a game last week against LSU mm -hmm. and um, was unfortunately not in Oxford to to see that. But, 
you know, they, this this bye week probably came at a much needed time because I know I've been over there to plenty of Auburn games. I mean, it's it's going to be a it's, it'll be a battle. Did you uh, did you get a little nervous there when Arkansas went up twenty to seventeen or wherever it was? Yeah, I mean, I, I did get a little bit nervous, like, but I heard you say it last night. Like, I never felt like they were in that big of jeopardy of losing. I always felt like Ole Miss, and you know, even when they when they went down and Jackson kind of said it in his post game press conference last night, it's like, they knew on that next drive, they had to have it. Like they were coming away with points. And um, I think that last drive, even though they only went up by four right there mm-hmm. or three, I mean, uh, you just, you just kind of knew that they were, they were going to take control of the game. And I think, you know, from that last drive on that they had was, you know, it kind of, it was kind of the final nail in the coffin there. So you get back into uh, – I know you got home for like a day or so before you left for, for Oxford from your trip, again, Wyoming, New Mexico, for those two stops. You were there just kind of supporting your dad. You're with him in Wyoming, and you were the, the primary person in Mexico. Uh, I, I saw your picture on Twitter. You actually – you helped me out with one of the uh, food items that you had had packed. But what what is that like? I mean, you're going that long. I mean, what are sort of the the, the – philosophy behind how much you're packing how much change did you have to worry about temperature differences in these places i mean just for people who are going on these type of extended hunting trips what are some of the what are some of the keys to packing for these things yeah i mean i I brought probably too many clothes i mean it just you know you know like the, the sometimes the lows in the mornings would be in the 30s and obviously that's really cold especially what we're used to right now even with this weather that's you know kind of cold off here this week but then the highs, some days in Wyoming, maybe not as much as in New Mexico, like the highs in New Mexico were in the mid to upper 60s. But, um, you know, you're doing a lot of walking. Like, I mean, it, as soon as you start walking and hiking up some of these ridges and mountains, I mean, you know, you're shedding layers pretty quick. So, you know, I packed a lot of jackets and hoodies. And, you know, one day in New Mexico, it, it, it rained a lot. But, you know, the biggest key for me is what I've learned, especially on elk hunting, is just making sure you bring a really good pair of boots. I mean, that can really make the difference in, you know, you having a uh, a fun week or a long week. You know, if your if your feet are sore, I've I've gone on trips and bought boots for the first time, and they've maybe been a little bit too big, and you know, it, it makes for a miserable week. So, um, you know, that it's just a it's a long time on your feet, and and a lot of these days too you'll be out all day long. I mean, it, elk hunting is sometimes, you know, sun up to sunset. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a tough week. Um, you know, we heard a lot of elk in Wyoming, but I'm not a big elk hunter. Like I've, I've shot three or four elk and, um, you know, but it's still really new to me, like where I can call turkeys and, you know, love to deer hunt. I mean, elk hunting is just, it's a little bit of a different beast to me. I'm still learning so much. Um, but, you know, we we had a good time, even though we didn't tag out. It was kind of kind of good, you know, spending some time with dad in Wyoming. And, you know, um, that's just not something other than when we're home, we don't go on a ton of trips together. So that was fun. So how many people were with y'all? So it was just dad and I in Wyoming. And then we had two other guys that were uh, running camera because one of the guys uh, flew with me to, to New Mexico. And then Riley Green, country music singer, one of my friends, he went with us to New Mexico um, and hunted with us out there. Um, so one of those guys was, was filming him. So there were, there were four of us everywhere we went. 
you know, you, you mentioned that and you don't get a ton of time with your dad, obviously, even though you're, you're, you're very, very close. Is that something that you are very intentional about when you get those kind of trips? I mean, is there, is there ways that, you know, to really kind of soak up and enhance the relationship and, and, and have those type of memories and connections and, and situations when you're on those sort of things? I mean, how do you sort of compartmentalize that in your head? Yeah. I mean, as I get older too, like a lot of that's just really important to me. Like, you know, dad was my best man in my wedding. I call him my best friend and it wouldn't be that way if it wasn't for the relationship that we had in the outdoors, like at a very early age, three or four years old, going turkey hunting together, um, you know, deer hunting too. But, you know, turkey hunting was always like a huge bond for us. And, you know, dad is still very, I mean, he still gets around good, but, you know, he's 73 years old. He's not sure if like his, he has two bad knees, one of them from, from football. And so he's just not sure if he can keep doing the elk thing. Um, it's just a lot on his knees. I mean, we do a lot of walking, you know, we try to drive as close as we could, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I didn't have to go on that trip. You know, I, I could have just gone straight into New Mexico, but, you know, for, for me, it's just, I really wanted to go spend that time with him because, um, man, the, the best, I, that's the best thing. I mean, you know, the elk and, you know, if you're able to take a big elk or a turkey deer, that's all good and dandy, but, uh, you know, it's really about who you spend it with on, on those type of things. Um, so I, I just, I just wanted to go spend a week with my dad, no matter what happened. So I'm glad we got to do it. What do you find yourself talking to him about during those down times? Uh, you know, I mean, a lot about maybe family and stuff. Mm -hmm. we, we talk a lot about just, you know, like I have a little girl. I don't even know if I told you that I'm expecting in March. Your dad told me, don't worry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, fi I figured he probably did. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, just, we talk about that and we talk about stuff in business too. Um, you know, you think you get a lot of that time around each other, you know, when you're in town or at the office, but that one-on-one -on -one time that you get to just kind of talk about anything, especially when you're sitting on a mountain all day. I mean, you kind of just, I don't know. Like that's, that's just one of my favorite things about spending time outdoors with anybody, but especially him. It's just like those memories, is, you know, and those conversations are something that I really um, cherish. I think as, as I get older, you know, and I, and I even do it too with my little brother and sister is like being able to sit in a blind with them and do the same thing. I mean, it has really strengthened our bond probably as a family, as, as I'm sure it does for a lot of families that get to do that. Yeah. I think it's, it's life advice, it's parental advice, whatever you want to talk about, is that of uh, say yes to those type of moments. Cause there is something that just sort of organically comes out of it that is so different. If you're in a little different spot or a different routine, or it's not just sitting on the couch at home watching the ball game or whatever, you know, whether it's, you know, hunting or the outdoors or golf or even going on any type of trip to a game or something, there is something that kind of brings it out because of the camaraderie that, that that goes along with that as well so yeah I, I i definitely understand that and i guess help me a little bit because i've never been elk hunting you say it's an all-day thing you're having to walk a good way so what, what are what are the key differences between what i would know from deer or whitetail compared to elk you know the biggest thing that i've kind of learned from it is it's like hunting a 900 pound turkey basically and you know this is <laughs> during the rut you know, so these elk are kind of, at least in Wyoming, New Mexico, I figured it was going to be the same as Wyoming, mm -hmm. but for what those elk were really weird in New Mexico. Like I heard three elk in six days in New Mexico, where when we were in Wyoming, I mean, it was all the time, like in early in the morning, um, you know, even mid afternoon, like if you know where some elk are somewhat bedded, 
um, you know, you, you can sit, you know, pretty close to them. A lot of times, like the bull will get up with their group of cows, you know, if they have 10 or 15 cows with them, they'll get up and bump them, kind of push them around. And so you try to be as close as you can without, you know, really boogering them up. Um, just because you never know when one might sound off. And if, you know, if you do a bugle call, like, you know, another bull challenging a bull, you know, they may come in there and, and, and check you out. And, uh, you know, the bulls were really responsive in Wyoming, just the big ones that seemed like always had cows with them. You know, it's, and I, you know, it's kind of like the same thing in turkey hunting with a, when a long beard has maybe, you know, six, seven hens he travels in a group with. I mean, he doesn't, he has really no need to come over there and check out your calling because he's, you know, plenty good with what he's got. Uh, so, you know, that's just, I think I see that more and more when I have elk hunted in the past, I've never really been during the rut um, mm-hmm. like that, but it's, it's very similar, you know, to calling in a turkey, except just a lot bigger. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try because, look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power powder. It's all of your key health products in one Covering my nutritional basis for my day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. Right there, I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG1. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Give Athletic Greens. They're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So do you have an itch for it or is it just sort of the third, fourth thing that you do if it's great and you like it in ways, but it's not something necessarily you, you need to do more often? I mean, I really like it. It's just like anything, though, in hunting, you know, these days, it's really, really expensive to go and do. And, you know, if, if, and I'm sure if I lived in Wyoming or if I was in Arizona, New Mexico, I'm sure it's something I would maybe have more of an itch for. But, it, it you know, some of these hunts, it's crazy. You know, a good elk hunt is $10,000 and up. You know, even if you draw in states, like in Wyoming, you know, it's I think you get drawn typically every 12 or 13 years. You know, and that's, and then you have really? to go with, yes. And then you have to go, once you get drawn, then you have to go find a good outfitter. I mean, you could do some public land as well, but it's a little bit more challenging. Um, you, you know, it, it's just, it's an expensive hobby to to go and do. Uh, it, it is a blast. I just, you know, I don't know if I'll ever do it enough, um, you know, to really get good at it or really, you know, kind of fine tune that craft of, you know, figuring them out, learning when to call, not to call, um, you know, so, but I, 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 I enjoy it. It's just, it, it's just another thing though, that, you know, it's right during the prime time of deer season too. Yeah. 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 Do you fish? I, I'm really not a big fisherman. Okay. I mean, no, I mean, you know, dad is a, was a big fisherman. He still likes to go a little bit, but it's like, I can have all the patience in the world for, you know, deer, turkey, elk, but I don't have patience when the fish aren't biting. I have no patience. I'm ready to get out. Obviously I'm wearing it. You've got it on too. What, who designed the logo for you guys? So this was somebody. Uh, so this logo actually was in 2009. So, you know, people that remember the team Realtree brand, I mean, it was, it was team Realtree all the way up until about 2007 to 2008. Um, and then we had a couple of different graphic artists, you know, I mean, we're, we're primarily known for, even though we have camo for big game turkey, uh, you know, deer has always been our big thing. And so we just, I think it was a graphic artist, uh, came up with, with several different designs. And uh, this is the one we just decided to go with. Pretty simple. Like it went out somewhere that it could be looking like, I mean, was there, was there, was there another finalist that was pretty tight or anything? Well, we had some, uh, we had some like trees, Okay. You know, it just like for embroidery purposes, it was really tough to kind of, it was tough to pick those. This one just like won unanimously. So, um, 
you know, all like the different hat companies and shirt companies, when they, when they kind of saw it, they're like, I think that's, that's the one we need to go with. You brought it up. So just ask you, how are you, uh, how, how are you feeling with the little one on the way? I feel I'm really nervous. Okay. I mean, I'm really, I'm really nervous. <laughs> uh, and I, I actually had some people ask me this weekend, like, I think the reason why is, um, like I, one of my really good friends here at home, he works at Realtree, but we grew up together. He's got one that just turned two over the weekend. And then I have another friend that has a little girl that's, you know, almost one, but mm-hmm. it's like, my wife's already told me that she kicks already all through the night. And, you know, a lot of my, both of my friends are like, you know, I don't, we're not sleeping a whole lot. Like those first six, seven months, like it's, it's brutal. And so I just like, I don't know. That's going to be, that's going to be, you know, some getting used to on that side of it. Do you like your sleep? Are you an eight, nine hour guy? I mean, are you, what, what, yeah, I mean, I, tr- probably, I mean, probably, yeah. Anywhere between, you know, six to eight hours a night, probably. Okay. And it sounds like that's about to get interrupted pretty quick. <laughs> you, you're psyching yourself out though, Tyler, like just let it come. Like it's going to be yeah. all right. Just like get in it. You never, you, you, you never know. Um, you know, I did not, we did not have that, that issue a ton. And then when, Carly Ann was like six months old. I thought we were going to hit the lottery because she, for probably the next year, you could put her down at seven o'clock at night and she would sleep through until 7 a.m. without any interruption at all. I mean, just whatever. And then she started developing some sinus issues and it went as good as that was. It went bad. A lot of people know this. I think I probably mentioned on the main show is she had about five months before, um, we had some surgeries and things to, 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 to correct it. And she's still on medication to this day, but she had a chronic cough and it's because uh, stuff would leak into the back of her throat when she was asleep. And from let's call it 10 PM to 4 AM, she would cough every 90 seconds, give or take. She would cough hundreds of times a night. And I mean, you could, you could count it. I mean, I would lay in bed sitting there going, 92, 93, 94. Mm-hmm. It's just, you, you feel bad for them. It's driving you crazy. Yeah. You know that the throat has to be raw. You know it has to be sore, all that kind of stuff. And we had tried several things, and I don't think he'll mind this, me saying this because he was fantastic in the process, but Ford Dye, um, oh, yeah. Dr. Dye, he, uh, I, I, we had been talking about it, and I recorded her. I was like, this is terrible, and I, I made a recording of it on my phone, and I sent it to him in a text at like 10, 15 one night. And he writes me back within five minutes. He's like, have her in the morning. Okay. And like, we took the next step to finally trying to figure out what was, uh, what was going on. But yeah, that was, if you, if you take that part out, she was a phenomenal sleeper. I did not get some of the the same thing that a lot of people do. See, and, and you just feel, I know you just feel helpless as a dad in those kind of situations too. I mean, it's just gotta be the worst. Like I, I'm already like that. I already know with my dogs. I mean, just when, I don't know. I, I, and I already know if I'm like a sucker with my dogs, I'm, I'm going to be so done with a little girl too. And I'm always kind of like a worrier in a way. So I feel like I'll be one of those that's always kind of, you know, protective or thinking something's wrong when it's really not. You know, luckily my wife is just the opposite of that. She's way more level-headed than me. Um, so it, it, it'll be fun. I mean, we're both pumped about it. It's just, it, it'll be a, it'll be a change for the better though. How are you going to introduce the outdoors to her? You know, kind of the way I feel like dad did it with us. I mean, I think was a it's, it's a good way. It's just not really feeling pressured to do it. You know, like I'd love for her to go sit with dad if she wants to. And, you know, if mom wants to come with us. But, you know, that's just something dad did 
I think well with all three of us and like my sister, my sister's been super busy, but, you know, just never really pressured us to feel like we had to do it just because, you know, we're in the business too. Right. I mean, if you don't really want to be out there, um, that's fine, you know, but if, of course uh, I'll give her every opportunity to, you know, go sit with me. And that's kind of how dad started. All three of us was Turkey hunting, you know, sitting between his legs or, you know, sitting next to him up against a tree. Um, I, I feel like that's maybe the best way to introduce somebody new is Turkey hunting, um, you know, the outdoors. So, um, that's probably, that, that'll probably be step number one when she's three or four years old. Did you take to it immediately when you were young? I mean, was yeah, there ever was, a point where did, maybe, did, did you have a year or two where you weren't as interested at any point? Uh, when I wasn't interested at any point, um, you know, maybe some in college, but I mean, I think that's just because yeah, I was obviously out there. It was hard to get to places. You know, I really enjoyed my friend group out there. Old Miss is a blast. Uh, you know, traveling, you know, on the weekends to away football games, but that was probably it. Um, you know, but I, I mean, I kind of, I fell in love with it immediately, at least turkey hunting. I did like the deer stuff took me a little bit longer. I, I shot my first deer when I was nine and, you know, that was such a cool deal for me because I, I wanted to be a part of dad's group so bad. Like I just wanted to be mm -hmm. a part of what he did, you know? And like, I mean, I, I remember laying in bed some mornings, like vividly, I remember this. I don't remember anything else about when I was that age, but if dad would leave me in the morning, you know, thinking I needed to go, needed sleep or if I needed to go to school that day. And he had kind of told me the night before, like he was thinking about taking me and I found out he left, I'd ball crying. I mean, it would just, it would break my heart. Um, so I, you know, turkey hunting, that's why today it's still my favorite. I think it's just because of the times with my dad and, you know, that really kind of being how I got my start into it. How old were you when you were introduced to anything on the business side of Realtor? Uh, I mean, I've always kind of gone to the office, you know, even as a kid, I mean, dad was never shy of taking me in there. Um, so, I mean, I've always kind of been around it. Um, as far as my involvement, you know, not really, maybe till I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, okay. maybe on just like, get, you know, you know, maybe dad being a little bit more open instead of just overhearing it. Uh, yeah, probably around that age. Did you under have an understanding? I mean, after college, hey, this is where I, you know, the thing I want to pursue. I mean, did you have other things in your head? I mean, how did that kind of play out? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of knew that's always what I wanted to do. I wanted yeah. to do something in the outdoors. I mean, there was a time like I kind of thought about maybe going to intern or something for other outdoor companies. Like I kind of thought about you know going to learn from different people after college, but you know, I, I just, I ultimately decided I, I just wanted to come home, I think, and, you know, work in the business and, um, you know, have a really good leadership team. Like a lot of the people that are at Realtree, a lot of the VPs there have been, you know, with the company, you know, some of them, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, so I, I knew I had a really good team to work with there, but, uh, yeah, that was kind of, I mean, I didn't really have any other serious interest. Are you missing any helmets on the wall behind you? The old Miss helmets? No, I do have one. It doesn't. It doesn't fit on there. But I, okay. I, I do have the uh, Archie Manning's. It's a it's a replica helmet. But I have his uh, Colonel Reb helmet, oh, and he okay. he's, he signed it for me. And um, but it's got the netting inside of it. 
And so it doesn't fit on those. Okay. So it, kind of, it, you, it sits really high up. So I didn't want to cut the netting. So it's not, it's not up there. But For yeah. any of our podcast only listeners that are not seeing this in video form is uh, all of old Mrs. Current's helmets on the wall behind yeah. of him, including the, uh, including one of the old helmets there. One of the rough ones. So, so that um, whenever I think dad went and you may know better, whatever year it was, they recognized the sugar bowl team, Archie's mm-hmm. team. Um, they all signed a helmet. So that, so dad got that signed and there's like 30 signatures on there, but he, Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. He ended up giving it to me. Um, so yeah, and that's the same style. I think Eli Manning's helmet back there from 2002, I think, or 2003. So yeah, I got a few helmets and I got a few just laying on the ground around me. How concerned are we with the Braves right now, Tyler? I'm very concerned. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really concerned. Yeah, I don't know. Like I told, I got in the suite, and you know, obviously the game, the the football game wasn't really. Um, it didn't get off to the the greatest start either. So I kind of sat there going, "Man, like I did not need this night, Braves and Ole Miss." I, the the stress was through the roof. But yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, on the baseball stuff, it's like the, the same thing last year. Even the Dodgers, kind of watching them, you know, having a week off is maybe not the best thing for them. Um, my dogs just walked in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it's uh, it's kind of crazy, you know. The best offense in baseball, how the bats, you know, you take that kind of break off, how the bats just kind of go cold. So, really, kind of hoping they pick it up Monday night. But you know, Zach Wheeler, I mean, he's you know one of the best pitchers in the game. So it'll it'll be a it'll be a good matchup. How many dogs you got? I got two labs. I got uh, two yellow labs. Uh, one of them was my wife's. She got this dog in Oxford. Um, and the other one, Swayze, um, uh, we got from the folks down at Honey Break, uh, in Louisiana. We, we got her hoping that she would maybe be a duck dog and, and my wife quickly shut that down. <laughs> so no duck dog. Yeah, no duck dog. One of them climbing in my lap right now. I didn't, I, I didn't think they were going to push the door open, but they did. How old? Uh, Swayze is two and Joby is seven. Okay. Oh, they're, they're pals though. It's all good. They're oh, they're pals. Out. Yeah, they're 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 best buds. Like whenever we send them off to, we have a little daycare place that we send them to. We drop them off for the weekend if we go to Oxford or out of town, and like they'll send us pictures. And every single picture, other than maybe a, a handful, they're always together. So they're 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 best buddies. Back to one other thing here toward the the close. You mentioned on the on the elk hunting pulling the tags. Uh, I guess what is the process for that, and how does that sort of work to uh, to to get involved with 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 those things? So there's a group. Hold on, I'm going to hook this up real quick. Yeah, this sure. is I'm on two percent. I had I was on twenty percent, thinking I had enough. So yeah, the, the the tag situation. So like every state's a little bit different. I mean, so I, I go through a group called WTA Tags. Used to be Cabela's Tags, okay. um, and there's several different several different people that you can use. Um, you know, for some of those. But you know, every state's a little bit different, and depends on what kind of unit that you put in for. So like Iowa for whitetail, I think it's every six year that you get drawn for whitetail there. Um, you know, Wyoming, it's every you know, 12 or 13 years for elk, um, you know, and New Mexico has become tougher and tougher. And I think even with, 
with COVID, like in Kansas, I mean, it used to always be a guaranteed deal that you would get drawn there for whitetail, but, um, you know, that's become even a little bit harder. Like dad didn't draw for Kansas last year. He did this year. I've always been drawn, but you know, there are plenty of people now that I think COVID kind of created a little bit of a boom that have made those draw odds a little bit tougher, um, you know, to, to get drawn where it used to be automatic, but the elk stuff is, um, you know, can, can take a several years. What is it about Kansas that's appealing to you? Why there? I think it's just the size of deer. I mean, it's kind of like Iowa, you know, I was, you know, every six years you get drawn, so you can't go as frequently, but, um, you know, there between there and Montana, I think, you know, th- those two states in the Midwest, I mean, they just, um, they just have really big whitetail. You know, if you get on the right piece of property, I mean, you know, uh, we, we try not to really shoot anything up there. If, you know, if, if, if everything's right and they haven't had like an EHD or CWD die off, I mean, you know, 160 or better, um, okay. you know, so they just, they're just kind of known as a big whitetail state. Do a little business for a minute. Uh, when is uh, releasing on some of these uh, new Wave Three stuff coming in? What's the what's the situation with it? So some of the cups have already been released. I, I, I didn't even know those were dropping so soon. I thought the the release date for everything was ten twenty six, but it looks like some of that stuff's already got out there, which is fine. I saw the you know the pre sale on some of the hoodies, so um, some of that stuff should you know be in stock here in the next week week and a half. Okay. Uh, but I think the release date on everything will be 1026. Um, so, and I know Coliseum has a lot of stuff they've already released. Uh, Nike will have some other items um, coming soon. So, um, but everything should be, should be dropped by the end of this month. Quantity wise, people need to get on it pretty quickly. Do you feel pretty decent that most people will be able to get what they're after um, for this, feel- this drop? I feel pretty decent on some of the Coliseum stuff. Some of the Nike stuff may be limited. I think only a couple of retailers are carrying some of the Nike stuff. I, I think they ordered more Coliseum stuff. There should be plenty of money. Do you got me? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Uh, you said some of the Nike stuff could be something. Start from there. Yes. I mean, some of the Nike stuff, I think, um, you know, maybe limited, there should be plenty of like Coliseum has got some hoodies and, and t-shirts and, um, you know, different items there. I mean, I know they're going to, they should be hitting the, hitting the shelves here pretty soon, but when the Nike stuff drops, I do think it's a little bit more limited, uh, maybe than what Coliseum has. So not sure how long some of that stuff will be in stock. Uh, Ole Miss Authentics, I think is getting some of that. Maybe a couple of other retailers around Oxford with, with mm-hmm. Nike, um, we have different companies that are going to be doing uh, like AirPod cases, watch bands. Um, and so, I mean, should, should be plenty, but I say that and I thought we had plenty of hoodies last year too, and they sold yeah. out. So, uh, so, you know, be, just be sure to get them, get them while you still can. And then you're teasing people with all these real tree pattern football uniform stuff on Twitter, Tyler, you're, 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 uh, you're messing with folks. I know some people, some people really want to see a, a wave helmet or in red. And then some yeah. people really do not. <laughs> do you? Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I like the traditional uniforms, okay. but I don't mean this just because of us, but 
I, I love different stuff. And people mm-hmm. are like, yeah, duh, you're going to say that because, I mean, you you know, you put a wave <laughs> fishing pattern on uh, on our helmets. But I, I love seeing changing things up. Like, I wish some of these other schools like Auburn, like, why would they not ever do like an orange helmet? I think that would look so cool. But the same thing with us. I mean, what what's what's stopping us? You know, we're already, you know, I think Lane, too, his kind of motto is to really kind of stand out and be different. I say at least go for it, mock it up, see what it looks like. I mean, we have a couple of different designs that we've mocked up and, um, you know, have showed them. But, you know, after this season, I think football across the board in the NCAA, they're moving to a different helmet. So these helmets will become obsolete. So it does kind of give us that, you know, creative freedom if we want to do something different, even if it's not wave. We have a couple other really good designs that we could colorize and and make it uh, – make it kind of look unique, but uh, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what the team's feeling like. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're very coy there. You're very careful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have some things that are pretty, pretty out there and crazy that, I mean, you know, if I only release some of these people will be like, Whoa, or they may think it's really cool, but um, you know, I'm, I think lane would go as, you know, as far on the wild side as, as anything. I mean, I think he really likes some of that. And, you know, we had talked about it, obviously Nike works a couple of years in advance, but is doing something too, whether it be on the gloves or the shoes or even the uniforms, if you were to accent, you know, some of that, but, um, you know, we'll just, we just have to decide, you know, probably here in the next couple of months, like what pattern and color we want to go with for, for 24. Is it at all a close relation to the Auburn Jordan hair namesake? No relation, no. Really, nothing. No, nope, nothing. It's nope. Mm-mm. But it is funny. It's Jordan. Well, like, and being that close to just yeah. from a location, I just kind of assumed. I guess in the back of my head, there's a Jordan High School here in Columbus. No relation. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's just like this area. I don't know why it's. I don't know why it's Jordan, but it is. <laughs> How bad people mess that up. I mean, I don't. Awesome. Sometimes I say Jordan. Okay, gotcha. just, just just so I don't, you know, people are like, "How do you spell that?" You know, like if I'm making a reservation somewhere, I'll just say I'll just say Jordan just to save myself the conversation. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. I, I will say Chase at any reservation. I'll never give my last name because I'm like, "There's you." I I have this visceral thing where I hear Parham. Yeah, and it drives me <laughs> insane, and I'm like, I'm just not going to hear like the Southern accent Parham. Yeah. Are you a I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm out. So we're just going to go with Chase. We're going to make, we're going to make it that. It's all good. So uh, yeah. that's what we'll uh, we'll do. But Auburn in a couple weeks get uh, the game with Hugh Freeze finally here and then over with again the Rebels five and uh, five and one. I guess last complete last thing. I know you got to get out of here. What's sort of your overall grade for the Rebels here after uh, half at the halfway point? Uh man, I think they've done. I think they've done a really good job. I mean, you know, obviously you could say after the LSU game, the defense is, you know, maybe not there, but then I feel like this past weekend, man, they played really well. I mean, I think, I think we kind of, I know, I think LSU's got a, an elite offense and mm-hmm. I think has a, had a lot to do with it, but man, if, if the offensive line, you know, they've played better the last couple of weeks. I mean, I think they're getting better and better each week. And I think, you know, versus last year, um, you know, they're just playing as a as a team and more of as a unit than they have in the past. And, you know, like overcoming some of these challenges at Tulane and LSU, you know, being down 10 there in the last eight minutes. Last year, they don't do that. 
So, I mean, if they can just keep progressing and, you know, staying together and stay healthy, um, I think it, I'd be, I'd be surprised if they lost more than three games. We got to get your, uh, your lab, some better PR specialists. You got juice taking all the credit, but I mean, you got, you, you got pretty adorable puppies back there. Behind I, you. I, mean, I, I got, well, look at, I got this one climbing up in my lap right now. Uh, but yeah, I got one named Swayze off Swayze. Yeah. yeah they're making an appearance. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We can do something with that. Well, I know you're tracking this afternoon. You're headed out. Good luck with that. And uh, let's catch up again here in, in a couple weeks. Sounds good. We're going to be hunting Georgia this week. Hopefully, you know, with some of this cold front, we can take advantage of. I got one more buck tag to fill here and um, hunt here this week and then go to Auburn. Perfect. Tower Jordan joining us on this week's show. Talk to you again very soon.